Green Divas and Green Dudes come in many shades of green. Here to help you discover and celebrate your personal shade of green are hosts Green Diva Meg and Maxine Margot, veteran radio chicks who share important news about climate change and the plight of human existence, but somehow manage to make most of it fun and sexy using at least 50 shades of green. Hey there, and welcome to 50 Shades of Green Divas, and uh, I'm so glad you joined us today. We have, as always, fascinating stuff for you, and hopefully it will be a little entertaining. A and, little bit. You know, the topic could be intense. Uh, the, it is intense. But, but it's important, right. and so we're going to try to soften the blow, because we do need to talk about population population. Nobody wants to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it today. Mm -hmm. And uh, before we get into anything, let's just mention to people how much we want to get social with you. Very social. And for now, just check out at the Green Divas or at Green Diva Meg or at TM Shades of Green uh, or go to thegreendivas.com and get our information and check us out because until we get our own Fifty Shades. And someday I'm going to do it. It's going to be done. It's going to we'll, be done. We'll do it very soon. Anyway, uh, please, you know, interact with us. We we want to get social. We want to get social, know what you want to hear and, and, yeah. and what, you know, we can do to make you guys more proactive yeah. and, and get involved. The environment is uh, needing a lot of help. Mother Nature is going, help! And we want to know you're out there. Yes, we do want to know you're out Hello. there. Crickets. You know, things from the universe, you never know. <laughs> uh, you know, the universe calls us every day. And, and, oh, Segway, sister! And, and, and not only that, Stephen Hawkins basically said we might have to get out of this planet because yeah, of did. so many things that are happening here. And uh, pretty soon the population's going to just overflow to the point where we're going to have to get out. We're going to be colonizing other planets? Could be. So what you're talking about? Well, yeah. Well, Elon Musk wants to get up to Mars, but 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 I don't know because this week they there was a discovery that one of the moons of Saturn could hold life. Uh-huh. They believe that there's a uh, hydrochemicals uh, that could be the start of uh, possibly microbes, or well, mi- microbiology. So uh, as the population increases, we're gonna might have to just go to places like that and colonize. I think there are future thinkers, you know, uh, real visionaries that are starting to think about how we're going to do that. It's, it's pretty, pretty amazing what's, what's coming up and scientific community, you know, there is, yes, science is real. We do believe in it. And, uh, there are many things that scientists are doing that, are so very important. I saw a little video today on Facebook, and I can't remember. It was a credible source, like it had to do with NASA. But uh, they've discovered how to do that hyperspace. You know how on Star Trek, right. for instance, they would do the... Beam me up, Scotty? No, not that, but the hyperspace. Where mm-hmm. they would go, oh, it, they would just go into the next thing right, on the... Right, really right, fast. right. And now they have figured out how to get to, I think, Alpha Centauri, wow. which is the next solar system. They can do it in two weeks now because of this technology. If it's yeah, if they can what? build it. But they had a, uh, an image of it that was real 
uh, realistic looking, and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, well, two weeks to Alpha Centauri, but two weeks probably on United. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. To, to California. If you from don't New York. get dragged <laughs> off. Yeah, kind of a drag is a good song to play <laughs> for this one. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my but, God. I mean, it's serious, but there have been some hilarious memes, right? Yeah, well, that and the memes of Bernie's. Sanders coming out of the Ben and Jerry's doing yeah. a, a he kind of, I saw that right it was it was going hey Bernie is there going to be a flavor named after you uh, pretty soon <laughs> flavor of the month but, but anyway there's a lot of cool stuff science wise and uh, you know we we spoke uh, we keep bringing up the woolly mammoth and, and and amber and Jurassic Park and what's found in amber these days and yeah. uh, and again. Uh, because I'm kind of geeking out on science stuff, uh, you know, there, there was there was something about the um, about monkeys, you know, monkeys. And, yeah, they're they're <laughs> This is it. Two monkeys grooming each other about twenty to thirty million years ago. Wow. May have helped produce a remarkable new find: the first fossilized red blood cells from a mammal, preserved so perfectly in amber that they appear to have been prepared display in a laboratory. Um, This find took place in what's now Dominican Republic. Uh, Very interesting stuff. Uh, And and the forms we find in amber can reveal so much about history and evolution of diseases we still struggle with today. And this is uh, an explanation by George Poinar, Jr., who's the professor emeritus in the College of Science at Oregon State University. So imagine being able to detect possible diseases and maybe cures from what this... Or or are they going to go all sci-fi and just now uh, reproduce these ancient monkeys? Right. And they will have the monkeys on the planet instead of the people on the planet. Planet of the monkeys, apes, whatever. Planet of the monkeys, planet of the apes, and and then humans will... They may uh, be genetically better capable of dealing with... uh, Population? Well, I don't know. That's... Oh! (laughs) I don't know. It's possible. We, we, uh, you know, the, the monkey population could overtake the people population but at the rate we're going that doesn't look that way right now it looks like in the next century there's going to be 11 billion people and how are we going to feed everybody by the end everybody? of this century right. we may have 20, uh, 11 uh, billion people 11, right 2100 that's think about where how we're going to feed a population like that yeah so we talked to this guy bob walker who is our new green dude guy mm. yes green dude he's he's allowed us to induct him into our green right. dudeness right he yes we will definitely put him on the wall but he's the president of the population institute mm-hmm. and he really describes what's happening in a way that's very um understandable mm-hmm. he illustrates it well and lays out a little bit of hope and things that we can do and things that are happening. So it's not all bad news. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we should have had a video in here because my face through this was like, what? I was going to take my iPhone out and just just, just take photos of you because uh, you were like – I'm like, man, come back, man. Come back, you know, I'm man. I'm like flipping out over here. I was what? like, what's going on here? You yeah, know, there's so. some serious stuff and – we no no fooling around. Yeah. We have to we have to face this. Mm-hmm. This is real. It's kind of like climate change. Nobody really mm-hmm. wants to talk about it now. Right. Not like climate change, but I mean like climate change thirty years ago, and people were like nah 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 nah. But now we know, and mm-hmm. uh, this is an important issue that we need to become aware and help others to become aware, and make sure that our legislators become aware, right. because. 
we have to take action. Right, and it, and it all you know kind of uh, falls into to you know women's reproductive rights, women's rights, uh, equal rights. I mean, men have to be as educated because yeah. they're not um, not only in in developing nations, but but right here in the states where things are getting a little nutty. So it's a very important topic. A little that, nutty is a euphemism right, for right, you yeah, know, like yeah, wildly yeah, effed yeah, up. Yeah, but that's uh, okay. I mean, you know, we gotta get, we gotta go there to make it better, perhaps. Well, sometimes you have to reach. You know, as I said, <laughs> you're hitting the ground, and then you got to get up and hit the clouds. And right now we're too close to the ground, I think. So we have nowhere to go but up. Yeah. You know. So, so stay tuned and. Pay attention because this is important stuff, folks, and this guy, Bob Walker, is great. Well, this is an important topic that I think flies under the radar way too often, and uh, I'm really interested to talk to this gentleman who is now a green dude we've decided yes we made made him official it was official <laughs> it's official bob walker who is the president of Pop- of the population institute mm-hmm. uh among other things which max will elaborate on is with us today hi bob hi bob hi. How, how you doing great to be on your program well it's great to have you uh, i know as as a director you uh you direct the organization's advocacy and public education activities including work on issues related to health economic development sustainability and the environment um you have an amazing history of working you worked with uh you were executive director of common cause education Nonprofit, nonpartisan, working to promote open, honest, accountable government. Here, here. I mean, I, I, I am bowing down to you right now just for that alone. If we can do this now, it'll be a major miracle. Um, and and also in your background, uh, you were president of Handgun Control and the Center to Prevent Handgun Violence, which uh, yeah. led to the the efforts of getting the Brady uh, Law passed and the assault weapons ban. And we're applauding you here. Yay. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. So, so, but, but now... Those, those seem like fairly distant victories at this point. Mm-hmm. So I, we have a lot of work ahead of us there's on a lot, all fronts. There's a lot of work on all fronts, especially what's going on now. And uh, But let, let's focus initially on, on, on population yeah. and, and population sure. institute. So, like, the latest statistic that I had been working with, which may have been updated, and you'll tell me, um, was that the human population is around 7.4 billion, hmm. estimated to become uh, 11.2 billion by 2100. How are those statistics, that's probably a year or two old, uh, how does those numbers hold up today? Well, uh, this month actually, we're, we will be crossing the 7.5 billion threshold, mm-hmm. uh, oh, which is wow. just literally uh, about uh, five and a half years uh, after we passed the seven billion mark. So uh, every eleven or twelve billion years, we excuse me. Every eleven or twelve years, we add another billion people to the world's population. Wow! And yeah. let me put that just in some brief perspective. Uh, world population reached the one billion mark around eighteen hundred. So in the last two hundred and so years, uh, we've. Uh, now reached 7.5 billion, and as you indicated, we're climbing to 11 billion by the end of the century. So um, it's quite a change in our impact upon the planet. 
Yeah, and we have quite an impact upon the planet. And it's well, those who don't believe it, uh, it's hard to imagine how to bring them into a conversation that something needs to be done and we are a good part of the problem. So, so it, it, it's an impact on the planet, but an impact on the resources in order to you know sustain this kind of population. Absolutely, because it's not just the population that's growing; it's also our standards of living. And as both factors grow, uh, our impact upon the planet grows in terms of the environment, but also in terms of depletion of resources. And um, to put it in some perspective, right now, what I oftentimes tell people is that. Just to grow the crops uh, that we need to feed ourselves, we now require a landmass about the size of South America. But it doesn't stop there because uh, to feed and raise the animals that we eat requires a landmass the size of Africa. So we are clearly, at this point, the dominant species on the planet. Uh, and. Uh, we have reached a point where, according to some estimates, we are consuming on an annual basis about 160% of the renewable resources that are generated every year here by Mother Earth. So um, we're already uh, at a point where uh, we are living unsustainably, uh, and we're still on a very significant growth curve. Okay, that's that is terrifying. I can yeah, see why I'll, I'll, we're looking at each other and went, huh? You know, I mean, yeah, we we both know a lot, you know, uh, and, and research things. But when when you someone like you is, is, it in is perspective. put it in perspective, you you gotta like what is going well, on? Well, I, I can see why this topic rides under the radar because it's absolutely terrifying. No, no one wants to believe it. It is terrifying, and in many cases, the 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 damage that we are doing is really not uh, not clearly visible in many cases, and mm -hmm. in some cases because of the slow, fairly incremental nature of environmental damage, we don't really see what happens really in the course of our lifetime. We just go on our day-to-day -day lives sort of oblivious to what we're doing to the planet. But mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the more significant things is you look around the planet and look for signs other than, than obviously carbon emissions and climate change uh, look at such things as the fact that a number of the major rivers in the world today have shrunken dramatically. Some no longer reach the oceans, or if they reach the oceans, they're a mere trickle, including the Colorado River here in the United States. And some of the world's largest lakes uh, are shrinking, Lake Chad, for example, in Africa, or the Aral Sea in, uh, in the Russia and the former Soviet republics. And... And then you see what's happening to water uh, tables around the world and how dramatically they are shrinking. And we really don't know, don't appreciate what we're doing to water levels until the wells start to run dry. Right. So mm -hmm. all well, around the world, there are plenty of places where we can look and see our impact, everything from the tropical forests we're cutting down to the coral reefs, which are now starting to uh, rapidly disappear. So... Please tell us that there is some cause for hope and that there are things we can do to kind of mitigate this steamrolling, you know, out of control nightmare. Yeah. Is, is there anything out there pointing to uh, a, a positive way that we're, that, we're, that people are, are moving in to help? Sure, absolutely. There are some really, really encouraging signs. Uh, first of all, We've seen in my lifetime a drop in the world fertility rate. Uh, 
when I was born, women on average had five children in their lifetime. Today, the global average is just under two and a half. So we've made some significant progress. Uh, but the, the difficulty is at the moment that um, we're still anticipating, as we talked earlier, a significant increase uh, in world population. And what we've actually seen in the last 15, 20 years is that every time we talk about how fast the population growth rate will decline, how fast fertility rates will decline, uh, down the line we become disappointed, meaning that population is growing faster than the experts has been predicting. Oh, and the reason why that is, but there does have a good outcome. I'm going to come to that in a second. But the primary reason why that is uh, is really in many of the countries that are still growing the most rapid, uh, it's a case of gender inequality. Mm-hmm. In many areas, child marriage is still very, very prevalent. Girls do not receive the same education as boys. Um, mm-hmm. And that translates into higher fertility in these countries. And it also translates into a terrible loss of human potential as women are not treated in the same way as men. But the good news side of that, I think, is that there are a lot of programs and activities out there that are really working, and we just need to expand and scale those programs up. And I'm not talking simply about greater access to contraception, although that's clearly important. But it's really in terms of what uh, the U.S. and other donor countries can do to help improve educational opportunities for girls, uh, including not just the building of schools, but also in terms of programs that really help to educate parents about the value uh, not only of having smaller families, but the value of making sure that girls receive the same education as boys. Uh, And we can also play a role in uh, promoting uh, an end to child marriage, because in many countries today, Uh, girls as young as 9 or 10 years old can be married. Uh, And that's a clear clear violation of human rights, and uh, it really cuts short short the economic and human potential of these girls. So uh, there are things that we can do. There's no question about that. And even small changes in the current fertility rates in these developing countries uh, can have very big impacts in terms of lowering those population projections that we talked about a minute ago. So um, there's always more that we can do, and it's really not a question of money so much. It's just a question of will and commitment. Right now, the, the Trump administration is proposing major cutbacks, both in domestic and international family planning, mm-hmm. but also in addition to that, and this has not received very much coverage, Um, they're preparing essentially to gut out those programs in the State Department that have to do with women's rights, the education of girls, uh, and the whole issue of gender inequality. So the very things that we should be doing, uh, unfortunately now, uh, could be axed uh, by the new administration and the new Congress. I have an interesting question. Uh, well, I don't know if it's interesting. It's interesting to me. Uh, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> um, I know that I think under Bush they were threatening and they did pull money and funding from State Department programs that were supporting reproductive. Well, reproductive, well, reproductive yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, the Bush administration did several things. One of the things they did was to reimpose what's called the global gag rule. 
um, which essentially provide, uh, pro- prohibits um, the United States from funding family planning providers overseas Thank that you. advocate for abortion. That's what uh, I was looking and, for. And President Trump has not only renewed that global gag rule, but has expanded its reach. Formerly, it uh, applied essentially to only to uh, funds that were provided for purposes of family planning. Now, uh, even if an organization is receiving money, for example, for treatment of HIV AIDS or for uh, maternal health or things not at all related to family planning, if they are found to advocate for abortion, then their funding could also be denied on the basis of this global gag rule. So um, it's a very significant problem. Really what we're talking about here, and this is, I think, the most important point you need to take away, is that this administration and this Congress, because this House of Representatives at Mm -hmm. least is very firmly in this camp, they are attempting to turn the clock back about 50 years. Um, We had in 1970... Uh, the creation of a program called Title X, mm-hmm. which provides support for family planning clinics in this country serving uh, low-income populations. And in addition to the effort to prevent Planned Parenthood from receiving, receiving any funding for the health services they provide, such as contraception and cancer screenings, they're also uh, attempting to shut down Title X in its entirety, And at the same time, uh, they are going now after comprehensive sex education. Currently, the uh, federal government provides about $100 million to school systems around the country for the provision of comprehensive sex education. Um, And because uh, of conservative opposition to sex education, particularly amongst lawmakers uh, who prefer abstinence-only instruction, uh, which really doesn't get into birth control methods, uh, which has been proven to be ineffective. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, there, there is a very serious concerted effort this year to eliminate that support for comprehensive sex education. And then um, in another area that we're very concerned about is the area of international family planning, which is about $600 million a year. Um, the House of Representatives in recent years has been trying without success to cut the program back by about 25%, but that effort has been blocked because of President Obama and support that we have in the Senate. But because of the election, we're now in a position where we may see this year a very, very substantial cut in international family planning, as much as maybe 50 or 75%. It's hard to say at this point, but, but all these programs are under attack. And if they are successful, we essentially will be back where we were in 1970. Yeah, only we won't have, you know, the population was a little bit less then. And mm-hmm. are, do these boobs not understand that these unwanted the births are going to come out? Yeah. It, it, it's mind boggling that they are, are caught in, in something from literally the 50s, actually, I think, not even the 70s. I, I mean, I'd go far, further back because these people are just. A group of them, that the 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 Freedom Caucus, uh, which yep. seems to be directing this country at this point, uh, mm-hmm. it, and that's where we gotta 
battle. I think the battle is there. I think the battle is in all those district all they're probably all gerrymandered, but uh, I mean, they don't have a clue. And they're going to defund Planned Parenthood and people who most need it and people who need to have pap smears and, and, and education and, and breast exams and contraceptives. It, it's, it's, and what are they going to do with all these unwanted births now? Well, this is the mind- Who's well, going to take care of these people? The mind-blowing that, thing, the thing is that all these people are in the middle of the country or whatever, wherever they are, that are f- believing this and they're the ones being impacted in, in some cases. Well, and there's a, there's a lesson to be learned here that I hope this Congress and this administration learns, which is that when you cut back on support for family planning clinics serving low-income populations, you are not saving the government any money whatsoever. <laughs> In fact, Texas, uh, about four years ago, uh, enacted a $75 million cut in support for family planning clinics in Texas. And Texas has a legislature that meets every two years. And just before the next legislature convened, there was a report delivered to the legislature informing them that while they may have saved $75 million a year uh, in cutting support for family planning clinics, uh, Medicaid costs as a result of the increase in unplanned and unintended pregnancies uh, those Medicaid costs were now up about $220 million higher than otherwise would have occurred. Mm-hmm. So when the United States government uh, cuts family planning, whether it's here at home or overseas, they're not saving taxpayers any dollars. Mm-hmm. It's a case of where uh, for an ideological agenda that is very harmful to women and their families, uh, they're prepared to add additional burdens to the taxpayer. Well, as, w- as women need to be educated, I think, all over the world, and here especially now, I think we need to educate the men. I mean... Uh, amen to that. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, in, in, in underdeveloped countries or developing nations, uh, you, you spoke about the, the family, like they, they marry the children off at 9 or 10 years old. I mean, where where is the education to the men who are like permitting this? It's all patriarchal, very patriarchal societies, and uh, we thought here in the states we were getting kind of you know women roaring a little more, but now with this this Congress, uh, it's it, it just makes me you know. Well, sad. it's sort of willful ignorance in a lot of ways, you know. But these people do know on some level what's happening. Uh, men know when sure. blown away. I'm just going to cut that right yeah. out because I'm just like busy being so <laughs> mind blown. Yeah, you don't see Meg's face here. I do. I wish you were in the studio. Uh, but it, 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 it's a it's a subject that just people need to to really start taking note of. And um, and you guys. Encouraging thing. I want to go back to the good news. Again, good news. Yes, let's which, do the good news. Which is that uh, I don't know if you had a chance to come down for the Women's March in January, but it was. I've been in Washington for forty years, mm-hmm. and I've never seen anything quite like it. Right. Yeah, it was encouraging. Uh, it was just a tremendous and, for the most part, almost spontaneous outpouring of people, and I think it demonstrates the fact that this administration and the Congress are simply not in touch with the American people on this issue. And, or any uh, issue. <laughs> or any point. issue, maybe. But, but particularly on this issue, because 
uh, we, of course, participated in that march. We actually opened our doors, and we uh, provided refreshment for the marchers oh, and nice. so forth and information and so on. And, um, you know, there were a lot of women, but there were also a lot of men out, too. Right. And yeah. um, the question here is no doubt uh, we have a problem with the male gender because they're the ones who, uh, in those Oval Office photographs, are the ones signing the executive orders mm-hmm. uh, right. restricting all these things. So right. um, we've got a big education challenge. But uh, I think we're, we are going to see, as a result of the attacks that are going on right now, particularly as it relates to women, mm-hmm. uh, I think we are going to end the environment. I think we're going to see a very, very significant public reaction that will have, in turn, a very lasting impact. So we've got battles for the next two years, but mm-hmm. hopefully uh, we will see a turnaround. Yep, I, I agree. I think we're, we've hit the point, low point, I've said before many times on the show, and, and, and you've got to go up. And, and people are who were sitting on the couch, as Meg said, uh, starting to go, hey, I can't keep sitting on the couch. I've got to actually do something. So Absolutely. It's happening. It's, it's happening, people. Yeah, it's happening. So tell us more, Bob, about how people who are listening, our listeners, how they can find out more. About what you guys are doing at the Population Institute and your website. Sure. Our website is www.com populationinstitute.org or O-R-G. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also on Facebook, but go to our website first, and you can also then hook into uh, our Twitter account. We are heavily networked here in Washington uh, with all the groups, all the allied groups working on both the domestic and international issues, mm-hmm. uh, both with respect to women's issues and the environment. So right. uh, I encourage people to go to our website uh, and There are reports there, including we have a 50-state report card uh, that we issue every year. Uh, This year, the United States got a D, uh, down from a D-plus the year before, and there were 20 states this year that received failing grades for reproductive health and rights. So uh, people need to know what's going on in in their state. Um, New York State actually, in terms of reproductive health and rights, is one of the better states uh, yeah, yes. In the country, you got to be, but there is room for improvement, particularly a little bit on uh, comprehensive sex education. So, um, you know, I think this is a time for people to become informed and engaged. Well, so uh, there's plenty of information on our website. Also, I encourage people to go to gutmacher dot org. Uh, and also to Planned Parenthood, of course. Yeah, so yeah. there's plenty of information out there, so people should arm themselves with the facts uh, and, when necessary, go to the streets because yeah. it's just terribly important to really publicly demonstrate uh, our concern about these issues. Resist, people, resist. And I'm just going to ask our listeners, I'm going to personally ask you to please inform yourselves and try to help inform others. Right. That's that's the best way to do <laughs> get it. Get the word out there the, because this the is important stuff. Right. Uh, again, thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for your invitation. You've been listening to The 50 Shades of Green, a collaborative gig between the Green Divas and the Many Shades of Green radio shows, happily recorded at Green Diva Studio. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts and the Many Shades of Green 
on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher, among other places. You can find more information about this show and much more on thegreendivas.com. 